You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 171. In this episode, I'm speaking to Joanne Sweeney-Burke about what we can learn from the Facebook PR crisis. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Joanne Sweeney-Burke, who is a digital strategist for the public sector, two times author, international speaker, and the host of JSB Talks Digital Podcast. Joanne is an expert on peer crisis management, and that's why I brought her on the show to talk about the latest Facebook scandal and how we can all learn from it. By going to sigma.com forward slash 171, you'll find links to Joanne and the show notes of this episode. I am so excited to be here with Joanne Sweeney Berkey, and this is our second attempt <laughs> to record this episode. Thank you for being on the show, Joanne, and to share your expertise. You are now known as a digital strategist for public sector, and your most popular blog is PR Crisis, and that's why I'm here today. Thank you for being on the show, Joanne. And thank you for having me back a second time, Sigrun. Um, I'm truly privileged. Yes, now you are our expert because we have this Facebook scandal and you were just the first person that came to my mind who I wanted to talk to about what do you think about this whole mess that Facebook has gotten itself into? So you're absolutely right. It is a PR crisis for Facebook, but it's also a business crisis. We've already seen their shares and their stock price plummet, although they did make a return after Mark's appearance at Congress in the US yesterday. It all started with Cambridge Analytica and that Channel 4 investigative documentary that I got to watch on YouTube, as did millions more. I think it, the scandal in terms of the CEO's approach to doing business and to the sharing of data, I think that put a sour taste in people's mouths. Now, the 2.6 or almost 3 billion people who use Facebook would not have the depth of knowledge that perhaps you and I or those of us working in the world of digital marketing would have around how Facebook ads work. And Quite simply, if you use Facebook as a platform, yes, you are giving away your data because when you sign up to the terms and conditions, you're signing up to that. And then they build their platform on advertising and we can target people based on profiling and you know other social networks and search engines have been doing that for many years. That's the business model. However, where the scandal arose is that when Cambridge Analytica developed an app or got information from a third party. Um, so we had this digital profiling app. And then of course, when we downloaded it, that was all very well. But in actual fact, the breach or the alleged breach arose when then friends and friends of friends data was scraped, 
now leading to 87 million people's data being handed over to a company who's doing political profiling. And of course, we know what happened with the US election and perhaps the role that social media played. So now data and Facebook are front and center, not only in the public's mind, but also in the mind of the legislators. And clearly, Facebook are worried because with one change in legislation, their business model could be significantly changed. And of course, since they've gone to IPO, they have their shareholders to worry about. Yeah. So yeah, my shock was that, of course, the public is is thinking about, oh, my data. I was thinking like, can I trust a company that finds out about this in 2015, but decides not to share it with the world? And I think I was equally surprised that Facebook didn't share it with us. And when Mark Zuckerberg is being asked those questions by senators at Congress, he's used the phrase, and I lost count of how many times he said it, we didn't take a broad enough view or perspective on data protection or whether it was our role. So he's still not taking responsibility or accountability and saying it was our fault. He's saying, you know, there's a broader picture that perhaps we need to investigate or look at. And he's not actually pinning his nail to the collar either on what he's going to do. But you're right, trust has been broken. And in the world right now, people don't have trust in institutions, in government, in media, um, in business, and now with the biggest social network in the world, almost 3 billion people using it, trust has been broken. And so your question is, so where do we go from here? And if they didn't tell us that, what else didn't they tell us? So they're slapped back in the middle of a PR crisis right now. Yeah. It's taking a possibly a positive turn because of way that the stock price has gone up again a little bit based on their actions they're finally taking. You say, you know, the data privacy rules and the, the terms and conditions and privacy policy, they're completely revamping everything right now. So it feels like they are doing something and maybe what was missing is coming out and saying, I'm sorry, we did something wrong and we're going to fix it and then report to us every day how we're going to fix it they're kind of working maybe in behind the scenes a little bit too long. Yes, and what was surprising was that usually Facebook come out very fast. I think they were a little bit slow in this instance to come out. So five days, yeah. Five days, that's a long time when a crisis is brewing. And over those five days, we had the voices of the media, we had the voice of Cambridge Analytica, we had the voice of Mr. Kogan, the developer who broke the story. And so the story was already building. So Facebook had been on the back foot for five days. And we know when you're managing a crisis in a PR context, you need to get out and you need to hold your position because if you don't put your position out, somebody else will establish your position for you. And now they're playing catch up and now they're in front of Congress and the whole world is watching. And I suspect that they were making fixes and tweaks and maybe they actually didn't have the answers. Maybe they couldn't go out because when you're preparing to answer questions in a, in a PR crisis, you must have the information to answer the questions that you were going to get asked. So they would have known the questions. So you had this information as far back as 2015. What did you do? Why didn't you disclose it? Um, surely you had to disclose it in terms of data protection obligations, that you had a potential breach. 
Why didn't you ban the company earlier? Did you have a relationship with you know, any political party or was there any political influence? But perhaps they, the companies, it's a massive company. They employ thousands and thousands of people. Maybe there were people in the company who had left and maybe that intellectual property and that knowledge had left. So clearly they didn't have all the information to hand. They were playing catch up. If you listen again to day two of Congress and those hearings, we're not getting all the answers and it might take longer. And actually Mark even is talking about, he, he mentioned one of the lines of question in five to ten years we may have the capabilities to make sure that all your data is protected or that we have the artificial intelligence and the machine learning capabilities to make sure that this doesn't happen again so this is going to run on well it doesn't really feel like we will go back you know people are used to social media we are also used to profiling you know i do not want to go back to the time where i'm just shown any type of ad without that it's profiled or targeted at, let's say, women in my age interested in these topics. So I don't want to go back to those times as a, as a user. Do you think that will happen based on legislation? I actually don't. I think we've come too far down the road. I think we're far too mature. I think there's a responsibility on now as business owners and digital marketers to elevate the standards and the quality of our advertising so that we're not annoying people. I also think that vanity metrics and having lots of email addresses and um, you can't build your business like that you have to build it based on trust and speaking to the right people and if the right people want to speak back to you then you're winning then you don't have to worry about whether you can convert them or not and that was the way business always was i think we just have too many people selling a story that you can actually get rich quick online and that's not serving the industry as a whole so anything that dense, that approach, I think is really good for all of us. But ultimately, it's good for the user and the experience of those using Facebook because ads are a reality. They've always been around. They always will be around. They're not going anywhere. I think we'll just have to take a different approach and make sure that trust, transparency is top of mind. Mm. When you said before, maybe they didn't have all the data to come out. But on the other hand, you also said if you are not coming out as the company in question or person in question and you're not stepping out right away and, and starting to control the situation a bit in a PR crisis, somebody else will take the scene and tell the story on your behalf, whatever story that is. Should you really wait for having all the data? Isn't it better to just come out and say, okay, I'm sorry, this happened. We are working really hard and trying to fix this, uh, not taking any questions at the moment, or isn't that better? That's absolutely a much better way because once you are playing catch up, you're losing. Once you're explaining, you're losing. Once you tell people that you were dealing with the situation, you want to give and provide the facts and you're currently gathering them and even explain, you know, we have... 10 top senior engineers who left this company in the last five years. So we're trying to track back and find that information. People will understand, but no comment is not a strategy. And it's saying nothing because I'm sure Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg are engaged in social listening to see what, who's dominating the narrative of this debate. And they'll really want to bring that back to their point of view. But five days in, that wasn't a good strategy. That wasn't a good strategy. 
we really hope that nothing like this ever happens to us as small business owners, but something could happen. As a small business owner, what do you suggest an online entrepreneur to do? Well, the very first thing that you should have right now is you should be tracking online mentions for your own brand, whether that's you as a solopreneur, whether it's your business or whether it's your products or services. And there are some free tools out there so you can do a Google alert on yourself or you can create a talk walker alert, which is really good. It's like a Google alert, but it also monitors Twitter as well. So that's the first thing that you should be doing is any sign of a scandal or a crisis, you need to be alerted to try and be informed of what people are saying about you. Once a crisis breaks, you need to establish a number of things very, very quickly. What is the crisis? Who's involved? Is it internal? Is it external? Who do we need to inform? What are the facts? So what do we know right now? And what do we need to find out? We talk about the golden hour in PR. It's the first hour where you react in a crisis. But now where social media is concerned, you know, an hour feels like a long time. So I've developed um, what I call the crisis probability index. And it's actually fleshing out all the crises that might potentially happen in your business. And so you're actually planning for them. So you're actually planning for the worst that could happen. And then you're preparing how you would approach it, what you would say. And I always appeal to my clients to go down the route of trust. If there's some things that you don't want to say or you can't say, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to say anything. And Facebook had our trust, I think, by and large, it had our trust. I mean, we use it, we tap into it 50 times a day at least. It's on our phone. We're now engaged in private messaging. We're using WhatsApp and Instagram as well. And Facebook, the company, owns all of these networks. So you need to be able to go out and speak to your people, whether it's customers, whether it's your staff members, they're waiting on you. And also what you're doing is you're showing leadership. When the chips are down, you need to rise up. So it doesn't matter because when things are going well, we can all show leadership. But when things are going bad, you equally need to show leadership. And in fact, people recognize it's a crisis and they will recognize that leadership and that tenacity that you have to be human and showing the human side of you and your business because it's going to affect lots and lots of people. So you need to make a statement. You need to hire in, um, if you don't have it in-house, good advice. And you need to speak to who needs to be spoken to in terms of stakeholders. And you're going to have to engage with the media. And of course, in the digital age, it's not just the core media because citizen journalists are having their say. And everybody will have their say because as human beings, we love a good crisis because it's like a spectator sport and we'll all have an opinion on it. So you need to make sure that you're listening to what people are saying because that could potentially be fake news and you need to try and control the truth because the truth really matters in the era of, of fake news, controlling and managing the truth is really important. So um, you're better to go out to try and ride the storm, but to share what you can share in any given moment. And if you will notice, um, police forces do it very well. So you can see when there's mass um, shooting attacks or terrorist attacks, you will see law enforcement officers coming out and briefing the media. And if you listen carefully, you'll notice that they actually don't say very much. They tell you the, the time of the incident, when they arrived, maybe the hospitals that the victims were being taken to. And they answer the questions over and over, but they don't give out very much. But what they do at the end is they say, I will come back to you in one hour. Our next press briefing is scheduled for. 
And that's enough to buy you that time to give you breathing space. And it doesn't have to be an hour. You could say 24 hours. You could say three days. But again, you need to be monitoring and managing the social side of that conversation as well. And you're probably going to have to build a team around you. But even if you're a small business owner, get some help. Reach out to somebody in your community who might have that expertise that can help you. But don't go to ground. It doesn't work. No. I remember this is this is probably uh, 14 years ago when somebody was commenting on a forum the advice we had in the business that I was running back then not to interact but that that has changed a lot like back in those days sometimes it was better not to interact to a hater comment on a forum not to kind of uh, you know make it go on fire but today we have to respond if somebody says something and we have to respond for a number of reasons. One, we have to defend maybe the integrity of the company or the individuals involved if people are sharing mistruths. Secondly, we have a responsibility in whatever capacity we hold to share information because you can't have customers on the one hand and then ignore them on the other hand. That's not how, that's not how it works. And then thirdly, it might be in the public's interest that you speak. So whether from a business perspective, the board of directors or the CEO says we're not saying anything, but this might be a public interest issue. And the Facebook alleged breach is a matter of public interest. And so it goes beyond what you think you should be doing. Yeah. So now they are making all these changes and yeah, trust has been broken. Managing a PR crisis is now also this longer time of, okay, trust was broken. They reacted too late. We can obviously not go back in time. Uh, how does a company now build trust again? I think that you have to bring the customers or whatever audience subsets you have on that trust building journey with you and you share with them what you're fixing, why you're fixing it, how you're fixing it. And maybe you even ask for feedback and interaction because when people are seen to be recompensing and resurrecting or fixing an issue, something that was broken or something that went wrong, because we all realize that things go wrong. Nothing is ever perfect. No company is immune from a crisis or no individual. We're all going to face one. But if you openly then share of how you're going to fix it and bring them on that journey, then they're getting an insight into, okay, they're taking action because you need action to be taken because words are very easy to say and words are very easy to share online. But those words are meaningless if we don't see the action and we have the proof. So I think that perhaps Facebook are very good at doing their town halls internally and maybe it's doing more of those town halls with us as consumers and users because seeing up to 20 changes in, in data privacy and privacy settings in like five to 10 days. I was like, right, okay, why are you doing this? And um, I read their blog obviously for my own podcast and try and keep up to date, but I, I know I was wanting a little bit more. And I actually thought that we would have had Mark doing a Facebook Live. And I don't believe that he has done one. I know we spoke to the media and actually Brian Solace did an amazing roundup of the one hour media call that he did with media and analysts and Brian was there. So check out Brian Solace on. We'll link this in the show notes. I think actually I've read the same roundup and actually the comment of the reporters were, we should be doing this more regularly. And I also thought to myself, like you said, why isn't the CEO of the largest social media network just coming out and talking to us? 
Because you know what's happened? And I had the opportunity to meet Facebook in Brussels about six weeks ago. And I was asking lots of questions. But really, we as marketers, we're actually telling everybody what Facebook is doing. We're becoming the media for Facebook. And we actually know more than the journalists. I don't know about you, but when I was watching the line of questioning from the senators, I was like, oh, please, you know, you don't know what, you need to ask this question. And so I feel that we need some savvy marketers in there to step in and Mark, yes, should do a lot more because we have the likes of Mary Smith being the voice of Facebook, but sometimes this, an Irish saying, and I'm sure it's an international saying, sometimes you need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Exactly. And that's what I think a PR crisis is about. You cannot send someone for you to solve it. As a CEO, business owner, the online entrepreneur, the person in charge needs to come out and talk. Yeah, absolutely. Because we want to believe what you're saying. So tell us yourself. Yes. I promise you that goes a long way. That in itself as a tactic goes a long way. Whether you bomb the interview or whether you find it really tough, it will not be forgotten that you were able to stand up, step out and take it, whatever it is. Perfect. Thank you so much, Joanne, for your time. I know you're busy and uh, updating us what Facebook is doing, should have done and hopefully will do in the future to fix this. Thank you. Thank you, Sigrun. Want to create your lifestyle business? Sign up for the seven stages of a profitable online business to learn about the path I took to build my seven-figure lifestyle business. You will find this video series by going to sigrun.com forward slash 171. There you also find the show notes of this episode and links to Joanne Sweeney Burke. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.